Mission for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is Elaine Allen. Jesus, Lamb of God, worthy is your name. Taking my sin, my my shame rising again I bless your name you are my all in all if I fall down you pick me up when I am dry you fill my cup you are my all in all chat time again. Now this week we will continue to discuss current events as well as scriptures. Praise the Lord. So we'll continue our discussion on politics and religion in the news and someone sent me this article um, came from religionnews.com and it says that Black Lives Matter co-founder denounces Pat Robertson for saying that the movement is anti-God. So this article um, comes out of Los Angeles, and Patrice Cullors, who's a co-founder of Black Lives Matter, is denouncing televangelist Pat Robertson for comments he made about the Black Lives Matter movement being anti-God. To insinuate that our movement is trying to destroy Christianity is disgraceful and outright offends our Christian siblings who are a part of our movement against racial injustice, she said in a statement recently. And then she said she recognizes that not everyone may agree with the vision of the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, but to blatantly disregard our work and equate it to destroying a religion is reckless. I, you know, I'm thinking that maybe what's happening is that when he's, his statement, I'm thinking the concept Black Lives Matter is valid. The organization Black Lives Matters. I think that's where the problem comes because their well, mission statement yes, is yes. really anti-Christ. So, <laughs> so, Pat Robertson, this is what he said. 
He said, uh, speaking out against the Black Lives Matter on his show, he said the movement wants to destroy Christianity by accusing the religion of being racist. He said, of course, Black Lives Matter. But he added the movement itself is a stalking horse for a very, very radical anti-family, anti-God agenda. Right. We don't want to go along with a lesbian, anti-family, anti-capitalist, Marxist revolution, Robertson said. We don't want that for America. And Colors said in a statement that Christianity was built on empathy, not hate. Until hate and racism is eradicated, America will continue to be a divided nation. So Colors and other organizers have described Black Lives Matter as a spiritual movement. And faith leaders from across religious traditions, as well as clergy and houses of worship, have rallied in support of Black Lives Matter during I you wonder know, if they ever read the, the mission statement, though, of the organization. Because right. this is where the confusion comes in. Black lives matter. All lives matter. So if a person says all lives matter, and, I, and then I would say, well, good. Then, I, then you agree. Black lives matter. That, that concept, you can't argue with that. That's, but the organization is like, it's like the, the, the concept is one thing, but the organization has been hijacked and... Really, their statements are anti-Christ. Their, their, their stand is not of faith. Yes, too, and they're contradictory as well because they stand for pro-abortion. Miss Color says she's a, they're trained Marxist, so, and, and uh, they want to create a platform for the LGBTQ, so you do have things that try to undermine what God has said. Right. It's, it's, it's like what they've done is they've taken a, a, a movement that started out really trying to reveal the systemic racism that is in this country. They've taken that and then they piggybacked on it and then they added all these other issues, all these other agendas that have nothing to do with uh, Black Lives Matter, per se, it has to do with uh, their, I don't know... Uh, their ideologies right, and, uh, uh, and uh, what they believe. Right, which, which is contrary to the word of God. That's what he's trying to say, I do believe. He's not saying that black lives don't matter. He's saying the organization that is supposedly backing Black Lives Matter is Antichrist. Well, in the article it says this isn't the first time that Black Lives Matter has been accused of being against Christianity. In late August, Abraham Hamilton III, a host of the Christian America Family Radio, said the spirituality and ancestral worship of Black Lives Matter is dabbling in witchcraft. He described it as demonic activity. I mean, and what does he base this on? You know, what is... What? Other than the statement, I mean, where did he get his information? See, got to make a broad statement like that. Oh, yeah, they're dabbling in, in demonic activity. Then where did you get that information There's from? There's a, a little paragraph in this article that says that um, at Black Lives Matter protests, organizers recite names of those 
killed by police before their time. In doing so, ancestors are being called back to animate their own justice, writes somebody by the name of, uh, his first name is H-E-B-A-H Farag, in the fight for Black Lives Matter is a spiritual movement. That's, That's something he wrote. And during this ritual, libations are poured on the ground, and in return, people chant and I'm going to just spell it. It's capital A-S-E. And it's a Yoruba term often used by practitioners of IFA, I-F-A. I don't know what that is. In a recent online conversation, Colors and Melina Abdullah, founder of Black Lives Matter in Los Angeles, discuss the role of spir- that spirituality plays in the movement. Part of our calling as people who do this work for black lives is to lift our people up, both in their living, but also in their death. They need to lift our folks up, lift our folks up. The need to lift our folks up feels so incredibly spirit-driven for me. Colors grew up as a Jehovah Witness, and she was always someone who almost was obsessed by black ancestors. I wasn't raised with honoring ancestors. As I got older and started to feel like I was missing something, ancestral worship became really important, she said. Well, if that's what they're doing, but to mention the person's name, to me, is no different than the... uh the war monument where you have every person who died uh, in battle where you have their name etched out. And it's, it's the same as recognizing their name. But IFA is a system of um, divination and religion of the Yoruba people. It also refers to the verses of the literary corpus that is known as Odu IFA. So the, it's a Yoruba religion. And it's, uh, it's really, it's practiced not just among the Yorubas in Nigeria, but also throughout West Africa. So this ancestral concept, which isn't just, you know, uh, a, a, a black ancestral type thing. The fact that ancestors are called upon is an Asian culture, you know, and so it's, but to me, I, I don't call upon the dead, uh, and, and I can understand that if that's what they're doing, you know, I would elect not to participate in that particular portion if that's what they believe that's them. But to me, it's the same as if a person doesn't stand for the flag. You know, some things you just can't participate in, and in that sense. But that shouldn't define the movement. See, I'm thinking this organization itself, the things that they have incorporated within the organization, isn't the same as the concept that people are trying to get across that black lives matter, only in the sense that they have been unjustly discriminated against uh, to a higher proportion than other people, other groups. That's all they're saying. But somehow... Out of the clear blue, you find this organization has stepped in and everything has gone sideways. And they add, they add other things to right. it. And people, I don't think everybody has a 
clear understanding. Right, because I mean, they mix the two. Yeah. Well, anyway, that's that's that. Um, and then I got this email from uh, someone. It came from CBN News. And Trump signed a born alive executive order protecting survivors of botched abortions. So recently, Trump signed an executive order to ensure that babies who survive botched abortions receive medical care. You'll never and find a botched abortion. Who's going to admit they botched it? Who's the overseer of this to determine if a child has survived an abortion? So he made the announcement, and um, he, he said that he signed it, and you know how he makes his, I guess he made the announcement at the National Catholic Prayer Breakfast, but <clears throat> he also said that this is our sacrosanct moral duty. He revealed, too, that his administration is increasing federal funding for neonatal research. Though the full text of Trump's executive order has not yet been released, it's worth noting the Born Alive Infant Protection Act has been introduced in Congress several times. The bill, however, has never become law. The proposed law would require babies born after failed abortions to be given the same medical treatment had they been born prematurely under different circumstances. But the thing is, because of the, the health care needs, if it survives, it's probably in a more serious medical condition than maybe a baby who's just simply born prematurely, maybe which it might have, which, which they could have complications, but I can only imagine what they've done and how they've botched the abortion and the effect that it has on the baby. I, you know, it's, it's horrific. But unless you have somebody policing those procedures, it's just So I don't know if, it, if he's actually signed it yet, um, <clears throat> but I know it's in the news. I mean, it sounds like he already signed it, but um, further on in this article, it says Trump once again has stepped up for life. His actions today provide necessary legal protections for some of the most vulnerable in society, survivors of failed abortions. These steps had to be taken because some Democrats in the Senate promised to block legislation that mandates basic medical care for children who survive an abortion. And an extremist view shared by vice presidential candidate Kamala Harris. You know, I, I commend them for wanting to uh, try to protect a life that has come into the world and somehow there's nobody there to intercede when, when something is botched. But there's, there's so much more to consider because if you're going to sustain that life, who's going to take care of them? I mean, you know, you've been talking about being born and institutionalized. I mean, who's going to see to it that the child is provided for and raised, and who's going to do that? Well, I don't know. Right. I mean, I, you really I, I have to, not, I not just that. I, um, I suspect that, you know, they're probably going to make the baby comfortable. They're going to do, they're going to present 
Right, and then after the facts to the parents or to the mother, and, and then they're going to have the to, and they're going to have to. I would assume, you know, there's more to it than I would hope so, because that would be something to bring a child into the world because of a botched, a botched abortion, and then there's no, there's nothing in place to provide for its care and to provide for the fact that it has to live and has to go out and become a part of society depending on how severe the injuries are. I mean, it, it would take a big commitment. Well, however it is, I found this, this next article on breaking Christian news, and it is a woman who did survive abortion. And she is thanking Trump for signing the Born Alive executive order. In 2015, she appeared before the U.S. House Judiciary Committee where she asked, if abortion is about women's rights, then where were mine? Right. What were my rights? So her name, abortion survivor and pro-life activist Gianna Jensen is praising President Trump for signing the executive order ensuring babies who survive botched abortions receive medical care. And she said, thank you, sir. You are by far the most pro-life, demonstrably pro-life president we have ever had. In recent times, the most courageous. Jensen, who has cerebral palsy, okay. went on to say, as someone born in an abortion clinic who did not die, I want to thank you. You are mocked all the time, and I will tell you, I will stand up for you. Jensen, born miraculously in the 70s, after her biological mother underwent a failed saline abortion procedure, has been an outspoken advocate for the pro-life movement. In 2015, she appeared before the U.S. House Judiciary Committee, where she asked, if abortion is about women's rights, then where, what were mine? Directing her queries to Planned Parenthood, the nation's largest abortion business, Jensen went on to say, you continuously use the argument, if the baby is disabled, we need to terminate the pregnancy. As if you can determine the quality of someone's life, is my life less valuable due to my cerebral palsy? Right, and, and, and I'm hoping maybe her mother decided to take her, but for those who don't, I pray that the bill gets passed, but that it has the type of support system for the children. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she survived. Here's another article <laughs> someone sent to me, and I, I chuckled. Uh, when I read this, the headline says, Biden... To LGBTQ advocates, you deserve a partner in the White House. <laughs> I just, I don't know exactly. I don't, what are you talking he, about? <laughs> I think he's talking about you deserve somebody that's going to champion you, champion your rights, going to be for your rights, stand up for you, fight for you. Fight for who? Fight for the LGBT, LGBTQ? for whatever they want, uh, for the rights that they want to, to feel equal, to feel uh, like they belong. A president who makes things worse, not better, who makes things worse, not better, one who brings chaos, not order, who sees violence and only fans the flames, that sounds like one of his commercial, 
commercials, he said in a three-minute recorded speech, the White House should never be a source of opposition or fear or oppression. It should be you know, a source of hope, moral courage, and of unification. If people think that all this is going to come about without accepting the Lord, they are delusional because uh, when you can't accept truth, then you have to embrace the lie. That's just automatic. And so why are you looking to Biden as if he has an answer, if he doesn't acknowledge the Lord? That's silly. I mean, I don't, I don't think uh, Trump is some great man that they try to make him out to be. He's just an ordinary man, but at least he acknowledges that God is. Mm -hmm. So I found this article um, on the ChristianHeadlines.com, and it, uh, you know who Patricia Heaton is? Mm -mm. She's an uh, actress who was in that sitcom Everybody Loves Raymond. Oh, yes. Well, every once in a while I run across an article about her, you know, because she, she has her own opinions, and she warned of an imminent anti-religious onslaught as President Trump plans to announce Supreme Court nominee in the wake of the passing of Justice Ginsburg. Oh, Bader or Ginsburg? Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, okay. And so, um, well, we all know that he already chose um, to nominate Amy Coney Barrett. And so, uh, Heaton is saying that She's warning Christians of an incoming onslaught of arrogance and ignorance following his pick. And in so many words, I guess she's saying that you have to stand your ground. You know, As Christians saints. have yes. to stand their ground. Right. Because, because I'm pretty um, sure if they nominate someone who's so far to the left, somehow that's okay. I know. So she said, friends, be prepared for social media to be filled with an onslaught of arrogant pronouncements based on breathtaking ignorance of religion in general. Christianity specifically and Catholicism in particular by people who wouldn't recognize God if he bit him on the bum. <laughs> Heaton, a professing Catholic, seemingly wrote in regards to the impending nomination. So that was what she wrote before he made his announcement. And, and, and basically what she said is it's coming going to pass. It's going to come to pass. Right. So now there's all kinds of articles, and, and I've received um, articles from people about Amy Coney Barrett and... Um, and so one article says that if she's going to be on the Supreme Court, it could affect LGBTQ rights. This uh, came from Vox.com. She's Catholic, a former Notre Dame law professor. Yeah, that's that's different. Most most of uh, mostly everybody on the Supreme Court come from Harvard. Harvard or Yale, yeah. Princeton, right? Those but Ivy I think, League schools. Yeah, the majority of them though. I thought that's odd. So I guess uh, in this article it says that her record on LGBTQ rights um, is not favorable to LGBTQ 
people. She gave a lecture at Jacksonville University ahead of the 2016 presidential election while she was a professor at Notre Dame. And in that lecture, she defended the dissenters in the law landmark Supreme Court ruling which made marriage equality the law of the land, as well as suggesting that Title IX rights afforded to transgender people ought to be reviewed by lawmakers. Yes, I agree. So that's going to be a challenge. And then I um, have an article that someone sent me about how she feels about abortion rights and health care. And this article came from TMZ. And so um, she, she has said in the past she doesn't believe Roe will be overturned. Roe v. Wade will be overturned. I don't think the core case, Roe's core holding that women have a right to an abortion, I don't think that would change adding. But I think the question of whether people can get late-term abortions you know how many restrictions can be put on clinics? I think that will change. And um, if confirmed, and it looks like she has the votes, there will be a six to three majority on the high court which puts abortion rights, the ACA, LGBTQ rights, voting rights, and many other fundamental issues and policies in the crosshairs of what voting rights? How are their voting rights affected? You know, at their uh, legal age, they can vote. She's also <laughs> rail, she also has railed on the Affordable Care Act, Act's birth control mandate, saying it's a grave violation of religious freedom. Yes. And she signed a petition back in 2012 claiming the birth control mandate is a violation of religious liberty. And um, which I mean, so far there's nothing that she said that I disagree with. To me, right? I I know it's it's like, but I can't even finish up because I think we're out of time. So we're going to have to continue with um, her secretive. This article says the secretive Catholic group, people of praise that she's part of. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that have breath. Praise the Lord. This week's verse of the day comes from Romans chapter 6, verse 11 and 12. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Now ain't God all right? God, God is all right. right. Praise the Lord. Last week's food for thought was, at the marriage feast in Cana, who told Jesus there was no wine? And the answer is, the mother of Jesus. And that answer can be found in John chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, which reads, And when they wanted wine, the mother of Jesus said, saith unto him, They have no wine. Jesus saith unto her woman, What have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. This week's food for thought is, why didn't Jesus commit himself to the people? Hint, the Bible. And that's food for thought.